Thank you. Get all this new technology working right, why we can move forward. A big, big welcome to all of our visitors. Jordan and friends or whoever, some that I don't know. We are very blessed to have you join us. And uh, I hope we are all like I shook hands, met a stranger, a visitor, never saw And I shook his hand and he told me his name, which I forgot. But I haven't forgot the next. Immediately said, and I love Jesus. And I said, well, you're at the right place because that's what we do here. We love Jesus. And that's why we're here. Thank you, Lord. And thank you for coming, every one of you visitors. How many men and boys at the men's Bible study at Linford's the other uh, Thursday evening. I don't want to see your hands. Yeah, there's quite a few, but there's quite a few that weren't. You know, there is something that is kind of burned in my mind. We get together, we have a meal, we enjoy fellowship. Then we, there was 22 or 23 men and boys in a circle and we had an inch everyone had an interest in becoming a better man of god what's the name of that book uh, per resolution yes resolution is purpose in your heart i think the resolution for men we're going to go through there and study And I just got a feeling of love and compassion for everyone that we've got men and boys with a vision. They want to go further with God. They want, that's what they want. And I made a remark. I I was, there's so many things I wanted to say. And I did speak more than my turn. There's some, quite a few didn't say a word. Some of us spoke a lot. I wanted so much, I wanted to share. And then Joe asked me right afterwards, did you want to preach next Sunday? I said, yeah, I do. Because I have so many things that I'd like to share. Uh, I'm almost always the oldest person there. I don't know why. Ori and Fanny have that honor. They are the oldest. Thank you for coming. We appreciate your presence. Uh, We're blessed to have you. But yes, I thought back of all the things that I would like to tell you about God and the Bible. And I made this remark that I don't think we're going to advance very much unless we have a proper perspective of God. And we talked about some people, they serve God in fear. Now, the Bible does say fear God, different places, but that doesn't mean that we're supposed to be afraid of God. Not at all. Some do out of pain. They serve God out of, you know, they, those things don't come out right. We have to have a proper perspective of God. <clears throat> my regret, I thought of that, my regret was that I was never discipled. You know, I never once as a youth 
did I attend a Bible school or anything related to that. I had never had the opportunity. You know, and I could regret that. I, could, I mean, I could bemoan that. Uh, but God takes us where we are, and he takes us on. You know, seek and you shall find. There's so many good things. But this morning I was just, like another, I was just thinking of some of the things that, and I would like to see taught now, some of the simple things of God. How should we see God? Kind and merciful? Or more demanding and judgmental? What is truth? Now that's a huge question. These are things that Christians struggle with. Have I committed too many sins for God to forgive me? I don't deserve God's forgiveness. Well, that's true. We don't. Um, Have I committed the unpardonable sin? What is that? You know, we've probably all thought of some of those things. When I say about have I... If a person thinks maybe I committed too many sins for God to forgive, I think of Scotty. I know I've shared it here with some of you already. Uh, When my brother-in-law were in Alaska a few years ago, we met Scotty. Well, we we worked with him where we went with this outfitter and we worked and then he would take us fishing and this was the owner's ruined his life. He had become an alcoholic, he was, his health was deteriorating, but he was interested in what we had to share, because we, we saw that whole place as a mission field, there's no church on the island, uh, people are rough, and we tried to be a witness for the Lord Jesus there, and we were, uh, thank you God, Scotty asked my brother-in-law and I, he said, And I could just see his thinking. He said, how many sins can a person commit and still make it to heaven? Now, what would you tell somebody like that? I told him right away. I said, I can tell you this, Scotty. You've already crossed that line. But I said, so have I, and so has Manny. Now, do you understand what a pardon is? And it opened up the door To really present to him. See, he was thinking, just like I was taught when I was growing up, that we do the best we can, and if we do good enough, then God will make up the difference and give us salvation, and we can go to heaven. But if we don't do good enough, we we have to do, you know, it's like a balanced scale. We have to do more good than bad. Well, how does that work? doesn't work, does it? Uh, Then there's more. I just thought of so many things that could be taught in these Bible studies. Um, Things like this. I met a man who told me that all we need to do is pray a sinner's prayer and we have an irrevocable ticket to heaven. Is that true? Those are things that people are wondering. What about eternal? Somebody told me that he is, believes in the Reformed theology. 
A lot of us don't even know what that is. I know Jordan does. Uh, what about eternal security? Can we, are we once saved and then always saved? Those things need to be taught. We don't, we don't have enough time to teach everything that needs taught. What is Calvinism? What is Arminianism? What should I believe? Now we get into more. Uh, here's a question that I asked. What is covetousness? I've never heard a message on covetousness except what I've preached. I don't think people preach it. It's become an acceptable sin, but God puts it right in with the worst kind of sins. It is never, it is always wanting more. And so I believe God. <clears throat> what is repentance? Wow. Uh, the Bible says we shouldn't judge. My neighbor stuff that didn't happen. It's just things that went through my mind. My ma- neighbor told me that their son told them he is gay. He has a boyfriend. They say that God made him that way. And who are they to interfere if they love each other? More questions. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? What really is faith? Can I be sure I will go to heaven when I die? How can I be sure? Does God really forgive us and remember our sins no more? Why am I plagued with so many doubts? I don't have assurance of salvation. Why not? Is that enough questions? Could we ask some more? You know, we need answers. We need to teach these things. And I thought, I thought of my life. Lord, not only was I not taught these things correctly, I was taught a lot of things that weren't correct. I first had to get rid of some baggage before I could move. So, but one thing I found out that has become very, very precious to me, even though I didn't have a teacher like I would have liked to, like we have, like Luke is going to teach out of that book and bring out a lot of truth. I didn't have that, but I did have something. Matthew 7, verse 7, is a powerful verse. It tells us that if we ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Then it says, for some people that ask, receive, and they seek that find, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. Is that what it says, some people? It says everyone. That is you and me. And you know, if I had a hunger for God's Word, and I looked, I did get answers. Now, I'm not always correct. That's why it's really good to have friends and people and uh, brothers to bounce things off of each other. Uh, <clears throat> but if we do ask, we will receive. Everyone that asks receives, and he that knocks, find, uh, seeks will find, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. 
God is faithful to give us the desire of our heart. And I am, I am a recipient of that. He, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't taught, but you know what? God wants us to mature. You know, so many of us, probably I would have been the, one of those if I'd have had a, a teacher. I would have just wanted him to continue giving me a bottle of milk. And it's like a baby. We are to mature and go to, go to meet, to, to, to the deeper thing. God will do that when we seek him. Uh, we don't have to have a, a famous preacher and teacher. The Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. I, I've, to, I've shared this, you know, the first time that I was, I remember clearly the first time I was reading the Bible in a hospital waiting room, intensive care waiting room, I was reading in John about the Holy Spirit, and I told my wife, we were in a very different setting than we are now, I told my wife and I said, look, it says that God will, Jesus said, he's going to the Holy Spirit and he's going to guide us into all truth. I said, why do we have so many rules? Promised that the Holy Spirit will. Just just like, uh, this was a new thought to me. And just like that, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. There was, there was a lady in that waiting room, and I won't go to the whole story, but she was weeping. And I just said, my wife, I think I should go and ask if I should pray for her. And, of course, she encouraged me too, and I went. And I asked her if... Well, might as well have started now. I might as well tell the story. I said, I said, would you want me to pray for you? I can tell something is tr- pretty dramatic has happened. People were coming and they were hugging each other and praying or, uh, and crying. And she said, yes, my daughter is back there and she shot herself. We don't know if she's dead or alive. So I prayed a simple prayer and she was so astonished afterwards. She said, do you do this all the time? We were just saying we wish somebody would come to pray for us. I said, no, ma'am, I've never done this before. But I was reading about the Holy Spirit that's going to guide us and have sensed the Holy Spirit wanting me to pray for you. And it was just like she was astonished and I was blessed. And then a the couple days later, going up the elevator at the same hospital, all once somebody just grabbed my arm and told her friend, this is the man I was telling you about that prayed for me. This is the, the guy. And then she said, my daughter is going to be okay. And uh, so that is how the Holy Spirit works. He will guide us. He will teach us things that... <clears throat> God does not want us to be fearful and afraid. If we are, then we probably don't see God... Correctly. Um, Like I said, I had to fight my way through a lot of baggage to get to see God. Today, I want you to encourage you to have a proper perspective of is not up there with a big stick ready to whop us. I have, especially when I go to Honduras, I, I look at what Jesus taught and that's what I teach there. Because the Great Commission, the last, the last uh, 
instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples and also to us was to go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize, and then teach them to observe all that I have taught you. And so I take that specifically. Here I might go into some other, but there, if I'm out there, I just like to preach what Jesus taught. I'll never go wrong. I might make it pretty simple, but that's what they like. They like to hear the gospel. <clears throat> um, if you don't have, if you are struggling with your perspective of God, I'm critical, but I want to encourage you. Many things shape us. Our pine, uh, experiences, maybe our own father. I didn't have a very kind, loving father. Uh, he was pretty harsh. And it was hard for me to see my heavenly father the right way with, until I, yes, searching, seeking, God showed me. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, we must die to the law and embrace the new covenant of grace. The man in Romans 7, you know, he said he, the things he wants to do, he does do. The evil he doesn't want to do, he does. You know, he's dealing with the flesh. So many people try hard to uh, convert the flesh. The flesh does not get converted. That we're always going to have the flesh. But the Bible tells us, you know, the Bible has teaches us clearly that we need to walk in the Spirit. And that's a message in itself. You know, the flesh is what you see, but what we really are inside is our soul, our spirit. And that does get converted. I mean, we... We, we don't, the, the flesh will always be flesh. The flesh will always want to do what's wrong. But the spirit, when we have, when we are one, when our spirit is one with, can, then we can walk in victory. Yes. When we, when we can understand <laughs> that much as we try to get this flesh crucified, and make it obedient. No, it just doesn't come out right. Um, our, uh, our flesh will always be flesh and it will always be carnal. We can subdue it and, and not allow it to have preeminence. When we allow God's Holy Spirit to have first place, then we can claim Romans 6 Verse 14, one of the most powerful verses, I think, in the Bible. It says, for sin shall have no more dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Now, many people get scared. Many preachers get scared when you talk about grace because they think people are going to believe it's a life of sin. No, it is and grace God's grace, when you embrace God's grace, it empowers us. It doesn't give us, 
It, we don't have a desire to sin. I don't. I mean, I don't have any desire. I will slip up at times, and it grieves me. But our desire is for our Heavenly Father. <clears throat> Galatians 5 says, uh, The desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, the Spirit of God. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. They're opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. You know, the Spirit wants to follow God. The flesh wants to follow the flesh because it's flesh. It's, it's carnal. Those are opposed to each other. But when we, when we can say no to the flesh and we get a proper perspective of God and we walk in His Spirit... Then, then sin doesn't have any more dominion over us. Things I wish I would have been, I wish I would have known years ago how important it is to have a disciplined mind. To be not conformed to the world, you know, that's something my background taught, they, they would say that again and again. Not be like the world. And what they taught was anything that was not our little group was world. Everybody, everything else was world. <clears throat> but they never finished the sentence. They would say, be not conformed to the world. And then they would fill in a lot of blanks that weren't there. But the word says, be not conformed to this world. But be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. That gives you a better perspective of God. I wish I would have known that the Christian life is not about being a better person. It is about Jesus making us a new creature. Simple things, but they're profound and needed for the foundation. <clears throat> uh, one of the verses that helped me anything was in John 6, 37, when I would question, ask some of the questions that I ask, does God really love me? Or how do I know that God loves me? And things like that. <clears throat> John 6, 37 says, this is Jesus telling us, all that the Father gives me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. You can take that to the bank. You can take the, put that a foundation. Jesus will never cast us out if we come to him. Now, if we don't come to him, yeah, we, he can't help us. But he does not cast us out. Another good perspective on how God is. Um, I found out that even though I didn't have the teacher that I wanted, God's Word became alive to me. It became a reality. Yes, I had to unlearn things, but that I learned that I can completely trust God. I can trust His Word, His Holy Spirit. His ways are not only good, His ways are perfect. Perfect. 
You know, make things work out for us. Romans 8, verse 28, tells us why. He says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. We must leave our future in God's hands. When we do, we can have a settled peace. But if we fear, if we live in fear, we don't trust. And when we trust, we don't fear. Four words that somebody told me once, and I never forgot it. Um, Four words. Remember this. What we feed grows. Doesn't matter, is it your child? If you feed him, it grows. If it's a plant, if you feed it, it grows. But most important, your mind. Whatever you feed, whatever food that you put into, and that is worth remembering. That will help you have the right perspective of God. If you put the right things in, it'll grow, it'll expound, it'll expand. Um, Philippians 4, verse 7. Uh, I'm going to turn to that here. I'm, my eyes are so that I can see a lot better on here. Philippians 4, 7. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That is so, so important. And then the next verses. That is what I wish I would have have exercised in my past. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, any praise, think on these things. Does anybody know what goes next without looking? These things which you have, which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. You know? If you think on these things, and we see it in people uh, and each other, God will give us the peace. Okay. The parable of Jesus. They are extremely important. Jesus spoke in parables. He said so that people who seek... Everyone here is here, I believe, because you're seeking. Those that seek are going to understand the parables. If you're not seeking, you're not going to understand. Um, You know, uh, it is foolishness. God's word is foolishness to someone who is not interested, who is not seeking. But to us... It's the word of life. 
Matthew 25 is a parable, and I'm not, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read it. That parable men that were given responsibility, one of those men had a poor perspective of God. You know, you can take those parables and you can, you can uh, bring them right into our own life today. You know, that parable, you can, like the prodigal son, I'd love to speak a bit about the prodigal son. That is us coming to God and how he does. Well, this is the parable of the talents was the same way. The, the master went away and he gave three of his servants responsibilities. Two of them did well. And they were very buried in their abilities. Now, I think the Bible would say that the talents are pieces of silver. I'm not sure. Or is it their abilities? I think people look at it both ways. But the one that got uh, two talents was just as important to the master as the one that got five. He was able... The, The thing that they did... They were faithful in doing what the master wanted. did not have a proper perspective of God. He said, I know that you were a hard man. Well, that's, that's wrong. The other two had nothing to say like that. Uh, he says, and I was afraid. He didn't fear God. He was afraid of God. He was afraid. And God does not want us to be afraid. He wants us to see him as he is. Uh, What about us? Is God a hard master? Are you afraid of God? You know, Proverbs, this is things we have been taught. Proverbs tells us that God is angry with the wicked every day. How many of you knew that, have known that proverb? Probably everybody knows it's there. How many of you know that Jesus said that God is kind to the evil and the unthankful? How many of you know that that Jesus said that? Very few. Some of you do. But he said, isn't that a contrast? God is kind to the evil and to the unthankful. Another perspective of how God is. If you see God... As harsh, you will struggle, and you will not have assurance of your salvation. Uh, Because you always think, I'm not doing enough. I want to talk about assurance that things are right between me and God. Yes, my teaching was, we can't be saved, can't have assurance, I know my dad asked the question one time, how can a person be poor in spirit if they have assurance that they're right with God? You know, my answer is we are very poor in spirit when we realize what all that God has done for us and how unworthy we were and how he has done everything for us. Then we are... Yeah, we're poor in spirit, but we don't doubt it. We believe it. 
Um, Jesus paid it all. But today, many, peop- many Christians struggle with assurance of their salvation. Why? Why do not have assurance that things are right with God? <clears throat> um, assurance is not an end in itself. You cannot put on assurance. Assurance is a, almost say it's a byproduct of all things being right. When you have, you know, when you have things right with God, assurance comes naturally. People try to get assurance without um, doing the, the first steps. We can be assured that God always does what he promised. Some reasons why people don't have assurance. It's the main thing is lack of faith, lack of believing everything of God got. And oftentimes you don't believe because you don't seek. What does the Bible, what did I read? If we seek, we shall Find. If we knock, shall be opened. All of those things. But if we don't, if we just expect somebody to preach to us and once a week, and that's the extent of our interaction with God, we don't have a love. We don't have a love relationship with God. You know, uh, at the uh, church camp camp out a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, how long it was, you get to talk to people that you usually don't talk with this young boy and girl, and it was pretty obvious that they were in love. And we was talking, and I asked them, uh, I, do, I do this sometimes, I said, are you two in love? And uh, they pretty sure that they were. And... Uh, then I said, how do you know? You know, it, it, they started thinking. They weren't sure what to say. How do you know that you're in love? Well, there is a feeling, but there is a lot more. How do you know that you are in love with God? There is something that just bears witness, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <clears throat> But it only comes by having a relationship, spending time, praying. <clears throat> oh, my. But the reasons we don't have assurance is not spending time with God, going by feelings. You know, this, but this is facts. And we go by the facts, you know what? the feelings will come. When I read a promise of God, when I read something that Jesus said, I said, man, I believe that. When he, Jesus says that God will remember, he will, he will put our sins as far as east is from the west. That's how far he puts them from. I say, wow, I can't hardly believe that. But Lord, I'm going to choose to believe it. He doesn't remember our sins. Wow, those things are are wonderful. 
1 John 5:11. This is the record that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in the Son. Yeah, I'd like to read some more. I'd like to turn in there, but wow, time has gone fast. Uh, don't spend time try, to try and figure out God. Spend your time believing God. His was our past finding out. Abraham would have said, God, I don't think, I, I think you made a mistake here. I don't think you want me to kill Isaac. Well, he didn't. But Abraham didn't know it. But he believed God. What about Job? You know, if he wouldn't have believed God, he wouldn't have said, um, even though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. They all believe God. <clears throat> oh, yes. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Oh, I'd love to. I'd love it, but that's a whole message in itself. Um, I'm going to quit. It's time. Uh, I haven't got, you know, that... The prodigal son, I've got to just say a few words. That is a picture of our Heavenly Father. We are the prodigal. God is the Father, the Father's heart, who was watching and saw the prodigal coming a long ways off. And he ran to meet him. And he treated him like he never dreamed he would get treated. That is how our God is. He wants us to come to him. All ye that come to me, I will in no wise cast out. That is the words of Jesus. So have a proper perspective of God. Thank God daily. Spend time. I don't spend a huge amount of time in the Word, not every day like my wife does, and I should, but... <clears throat> But I have a, a basis that I can go to, that I go to and I say, God, thank you. When I'm going down the road, I like to just start talking to God. And he songs this. Uh, how's that go? He talks with me and he walks with me. He does. <clears throat> There's one sin. What did we sing this morning? Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. I love that song. Our sins, they are many, but his mercy is more. Uh, there's one sin that God does not forgive us. He can't forgive us. That is the sin of unbelief. He can't forgive us because we have to change. We have to, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we have to have faith. Um, and that is just what I've been saying all morning. We have to believe God. We have to say, God, yes. All men are liars, but you are true. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your mercy, your grace, your goodness. God, thank you for you being who you are. Lord, we are but sinful men. But you are perfect. Your ways are perfect. 
And God, you want to make us perfect as your son, Jesus, was perfect. We're one family. Thank you, God, that you to come and be part of the family. We are blessed and we're grateful and deeply thankful, God. Bless our day further. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.